1: Hello to all you Marvel heads out there, and welcome to another edition of In the Marbles. I am one half of your fantastic hosts, Preston Lude, across the table from me, Matt Beamer. How's it going, Preston? Thank you so much for joining us here on the Unhinged Sports Network, or whatever podcast platform you may be on. We are thankful for your continued support. I, you know, I didn't even know what to say at first. That's right,
2: man. Sometimes you get all twisted yeah, up at the start. I'm
1: just so excited that we're we've come so far. And the people, the loyal listeners that just listen to us on all their other podcast platforms, but you know the people, the new people of Unhinged,
2: which is half of our fan base, which yeah, is half of our yeah. listeners, listeners right there. And we couldn't thank all of you yeah. enough for Can't being thank a part of at this. All this is going to be a fun episode, man. This yeah. is going to be our season preview for the Formula One season, and. uh Looking forward to that. Got my notes. All 10 teams, all 20 drivers. Get ready.
1: Yeah, it's going to be pretty exciting. You know, speaking of Formula 1, um, I talked about, I think it was like a week or two ago, I mentioned that there were some rule changes, and I have to find the article about it. So when I find the article that gives you the, some, there was major rule changes right. coming up, I think. I'm going to find it, and I'll throw it in next week because, like I said, I need. I would like to study a little bit more. But there was like a list that Formula 1 came out, an article and there was like a list of like seven to ten different things that they were going to change. I know they got the rid of that thing, up.
2: whatever Mercedes had on the front of their car where yeah. they would adjust the toe. I, I think mm. it was the camber or something, not yeah. the toe, but the camber that would eliminate that. They said yeah. that's good for this season, as in twenty twenty, but not going to be.
1: Yeah, we're going to get cleared hot
2: for twenty twenty one. There was a
1: couple of other things I know that one of one of the other things was an aerodynamic they were going to change up a little bit of the aerodynamics which, to the back end of the car. Which,
2: bravo, by the way, for Mercedes for thinking about that. Because mm-hmm. there's no way, I mean, I'm surprised it took this long to find out that they could do that, and that would help straight line speed and corners. Yeah. Because that's a genius move, and bravo Mercedes for doing that. I,
1: I do remember seeing something the other day about how F1 was, the FIA was talking about how they were not going to allow people to, teams to copy each other's parts I think it was you'd have to come up with your you could like study other people's designs, but you can't like completely copy it now. Right. So hmm. I'm not sure. I guess everybody's out there trying, probably trying to copy Mercedes or something. I don't know.
2: But well, one would think, yeah, they're the top dogs in the sport right now.
1: Yeah. With a lot of money.
2: <laughs> yeah, very much so, a lot of money. I'm
1: really looking forward to the whole uh, spending cap coming up next, not this season, but next year.
2: Yeah, it would make, change things up, but I don't think it would affect it too much. I don't
1: think it'll be too much, but I guess we'll just have to wait and see. We <laughs> shall that. have to wait and see. <laughs> Phrase, you got to wait and see. That's right.
2: But uh, how's, how's life, man?
1: Uh, it's good. Uh, I'm going to the doctor this week okay. to hopefully get the okay to attempt my comeback. I'd be in a firefighter. That'd be good. I miss it.
2: Yeah, I know you do.
1: I miss it a lot. Trust me. I'm always just like, oh, man. You know, I watch Live Rescue on A&E every weekend. Right. Well, now it's the season's over with, but <laughs> my wife would be like, you just living in the old times? I'm just like, be quiet. Stop That's- it. <laughs> okay? Just stop, all right? I'm just watching this t- t- TV show, okay? You remember
2: when we were on that show?
1: Yeah, but that was the... Um, it wasn't Live Rescue. It was called uh, First Responders Live on Fox.
2: I forget what it was, but we yeah. were on there. And the story behind that was we had a car accident on Betsy Carrison. No, no, it was uh, Bo Hickett.
1: Yeah. It
2: was Bo Hickett. If you know the Johns Island area, Bo Hickett turns into Betsy Carrison from Maine. But there was a car accident there. A car got rear-ended, and there was this woman in there whose leg hurt who worked actually by the building, and they were stopped to turn, and somebody ran in the back of them. Anyway, I'm I'm in the car making sure this woman's okay, stabilized, checking her out, making sure there was nothing crazy going on. And then then there's this camera that showed up yep, (laughs) right out of the blue. And it's like, who the heck is this guy just videotaping us like this? It's like, the press is here. Why is the media here? Yeah. It's, it was very awkward. And, And I'm telling Preston, you know, Hey, get the C caller, do this, do that. Because you know, you weren't, you're not an EMT yet. So I was trying to, you know, choreographing this whole dance there and, that happened. And then, long story short, we get the woman out and stuff, and we're looking at the car that rear ended this car. It was all mangled up. The sheriff comes up and says, Heads up, everyone. I got, what was it, live rescue? Uh,
1: first responders live. First I got, res- yeah, I got a camera crew He's with like, me. He's
2: like, I got a camera crew with me. I'm on a hot mic. Yeah. At that point, <laughs> I stopped talking and walked away from the car. It's like, No, I'm not going to be <laughs> yeah. that guy. That who- was
1: really, it was really awkward. Like, you, when you watch on TV, you're like, Oh, that doesn't, that's. That'd be pretty cool. But like when they actually show up, like the sheriff showed up and then like he gets out and then you just see these bright lights out of nowhere and you got like two or three camera yeah, guys. And
2: it's like, what are these guys doing? I thought they were like, oh, a, I thought, why aren't the sheriff's deputies yeah, leaving them back? Exactly. And oh, they're with the
1: sheriff. Yeah, we got that lady on the, uh, the stretcher and we were just wheeling her to the back of the ambulance and they were, they were following right behind us. Yeah, it's I, like okay,
2: <laughs> all right. Jeez, I didn't like that at all. But yeah, that was our fifteen minutes of fame. If only we had like in the Marvels like bunker gear, yeah. then it would. Have you ever seen the um,
1: on Facebook that the guy that does the Fire Department Chronicles? Yeah, yeah, he was on uh, Live Rescue the other night. Okay, yeah, he was riding around with the battalion chief, but he had this shirt that said Fire Department Chronicles on the back of it too. Ah. They allowed him to wear that.
2: <laughs> Bummer.
1: Those are funny though. I like it when he green screens himself into episodes of the like, TV shows. Yeah,
2: it's like that won't happen.
1: Yeah, that never. I, I, that's like me when I'm watching it at home. I'm like, that doesn't happen.
2: Yeah, well, that's the same way with war movies. Caroline says, I don't like watching war movies with you because then you just nitpick. And it's like, yeah,
1: yeah, I'm gonna do that because that's not accurate. <laughs> yeah, that's not accurate at all.
2: <laughs> But we're glad you guys can join us. We are glad that you are here, whether you're from the on the Unhinged Sports Network or on your regular podcast platform. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our 70th episode. We didn't even mention that 70th oh, episode wow. of In the Marbles. Very excited about today's episode. Very excited that we're a month away from on track activity, less than a month from Daytona. Yeah. Can't wait. Closing in. So, but first things first, as we always do on the show, we're gonna go ahead and hit the news and of auto racing. So let's get into it. In the news here at In the presented by Fubo. Fubo, cut the cord with expensive cable and satellite providers and go with Fubo, a streaming TV service that is half the price of traditional cable and satellite programs. Just go to InTheMarbles.net under the Partners tab all the way at the bottom. Link to Fubo. Go ahead and start. click on that. Go ahead and go to Fubo and start your free trial for seven days and you might just be hooked. And that's, again, Fubo. For all your sports TV and movie needs at half the price in Preston, not much news going on, but a little big waves that were cast in the auto racing world. Mm -hmm. And the first one that comes to mind for the second year in a row, Kyle Larson won the prestigious Chili Bowl. So congratulations to him. Yeah, I was
1: hearing a lot of people talking. I saw on Twitter people were talking like, man, this thing's taking way too long. I don't know if it was just in between all the events that were going on or something, but people were making jokes about how long it was taking. Like yeah. somebody was like, at this point, we'll all be vaccinated from COVID before this race
2: is over. <laughs> no, well, he, he dominated last year on the dirt. Yeah. So there was no surprise that he won. Can't wait to see him back in the five car for Hendrick Motorsports this next year at Daytona. It's going to be a lot of fun to watch that. And then a, another piece of news that you have, very interesting.
1: Yeah, Pitbull. I guess he does pop. I don't know what genre of music he does. I think
2: it's like salsa. <laughs> I
1: like. I like. Okay, we'll go with yours. I, I mean, like that. That's what it sounds like. <laughs> Pitbull is a co-owner of Trackhouse. That's Team gonna, Trackhouse. Well, and,
2: and this is starting a trend. And remember, back in the late '90s, early 2000s, a lot of celebrities and sports stars tried to strike while the iron was hot. While NASCAR was picking up momentum. Yeah. Are we heading back there? Quite, you know, quite possibly. Pitbull. Michael Jordan Mm -hmm. are coming into the sport. Who's next?
1: Yeah, this right here, it kind of, this, I think it's like a precursor to maybe NASCAR might be on the trend of growing a little bit more again. Maybe we'll get, I mean, I'm not saying it's going to become like a lot of foreign people are going to be more interested in the sport, but I mean, having big names in the sport is a start.
2: No, it really is. It really shows interest. And celebrities always show up to the races and stuff. So it's a lot of fun, but that's. I think it will help track House with Daniel Suarez and that 99 car. It's going to be mm-hmm. a lot of fun to watch all the new teams, you know. But with Pitbull against Michael Jordan, who's going to win? Yeah, I think... My money's on Michael Jordan. <laughs>
1: okay. I think this is a... Like I said, I think it's a good precursor. I, maybe we are up on the up and up a little bit with NASCAR again. Maybe it will bring more people into the sport. You know, who knows? Yeah.
2: Just any chance you get to grow the sport and expand it and show people that this is a fun sport to watch yeah but you gotta be there mm-hmm. watching it on tv is boring i'll give you that i'll give everybody that but if going to event live that's where it's at yeah
1: that's uh especially when you have like a whole weekend of it
2: which hopefully yes.
1: we will get back to that soon i know that nascar had mentioned that they were gonna do qualifying and practice at eight tracks this year, but I don't remember what it was, but I don't know if that's going to be open to the public or not. Oh, and thing. did I
2: tell you that I was on a series XM? Wait, really? Yeah. Yeah. I called in. Which show? The um, morning drive. Ah, okay. The morning drive. And what the deal was, they were talking about practice and qualifying. You miss it. You want it back. Good, bad. And I called and said, yeah, I want to be on and talking to them about it. And it took 45 minutes to get on the call.
1: Yeah, you have to wait. Yeah, yeah you're on hold for like 45 minutes. And so I wanted to bring turn. up some
2: good points and say, and bring up the point you made that Formula One, even with this pandemic, had all three practices, all three qualifying sessions, and the race. They did it all. Mm-hmm. They didn't change up one format. NASCAR changed everything up. Yeah. I don't know why, but I'm going back and doing it. And either they cut me off or I got cut off because I was in the, you ever saying, good point, And then but the lines cut. What did you wait so what did you say? I said I want to see practice come back cuz I think it would be better quality for the races on Sunday. Right. And if you get or yeah, practices if and if you get rid of qualifying if you don't want to do single car qualifying that's fine, but instead of 1 through 24 or this formula that you need that you need a rocket science degree to understand <laughs> cuz I don't understand it. <laughs> it's not fair. Put them all, I mean, all of the drivers in them, all forty cars in the bingo ball. If they're forty there, and have each team draw a number. And if Chase Elliott picks thirty eighth, he starts thirty eighth.
1: I it should be like that. I think it should be like that. You know,
2: you want to get rid of qualifying? Fine, bingo ball stuff. No more of this every driver up front every time. Yeah, you got to
1: throw a little bit of um, I don't know the you know, and don't Florida
2: give pre- um, preference to the. Playoff drivers. They shouldn't draw, start up front. I've heard both sides saying, yeah, they should start up front. They earned it. It's like, no.
1: No, make them work make for them it. Make them work for it. If these guys are playoff drivers, then
2: they, coming through they the can field, perform
1: like playoff drivers. Yeah, then
2: they, coming through the field should be no problem whatsoever. Exactly.
1: Why do they get to start but, up front and just have but, clean but, air?
2: But, yeah, after 45 minutes, uh, I got cut, and I don't know if they did it or I did it, but that was embarrassing. Uh-huh. But, yeah, so people will coming back. And then one more story. is isn't really news. It's more of a... Hey, man, but.
1: <laughs> <laughs> how are we referring to the. Uh, oh, hang on a second. What was his name? Taylor Gray? Taylor the Gray. The 15 year old? The 15 yes. year old. And I've,
2: how many stupid things did you do while you were 15?
1: Okay, see, I, you know, the other well, let's day.
2: A, well, let's explain to, them, to the audience what's going on here. Yeah. So, Tanner Gray is an Arca Series driver. Yes. They were testing at Daytona. And he decided to bring his phone with him in the car, which is a big no-no. NASCAR's frowned upon that. And in fact, it's a rule. You shouldn't have your phone in the car during a race. Right. Tanner Gray had his phone in the car. And while he's going down the backstretch of Daytona, I saw this on TikTok, actually. There's a the view from the driver's side window. And then here's a view, a selfie of him.
1: Yeah, while he's driving.
2: He goes back and forth. And that's it. It's a quick little 10, 15-second video. But I guess that got leaked. I guess you said it was originally on Snapchat. Mm-hmm. But then it went to tiktok i guess because oh boy what's gonna happen to tanner gray and we and like you and like i said we all have done stupid stuff at 15 heck i'm almost 35 almost 20 years older than i still do stupid stuff right but what were you (laughs) gonna say before i
1: well i was uh so when i saw this story come out the other day i had thought about it too because i had read it and i was like you know they mentioned you know this yahoo sports yahoo was the the article that i saw and it it read that the um He's he learned he's undoubtedly learned lessons at this point, and I'm thinking to myself. Yeah, you know, a fi- you know, when I was 15, we all did things to, that we thought were cool. Like he probably thought it was, hey, this is pretty cool. I'm going to send it to all my friends on I'm Snapchat. Look at me, I'm driving a race car at Daytona, and I'm g-
2: I'm going to send it to this girl Brittany who doesn't really notice me, but right now she'll notice me because I, I'm driving a race car at Daytona. You know,
1: I, I thought about that too. I was like, you no, know, you know, he's had he's got to be impressive. Somebody, it's got
2: to be a girl. At Fifteen, you'd do anything to do as a girl. Yeah,
1: and so that's what I was thinking. I was like, "There's no way this guy would have just put it on his story of Snapchat." And I'm thinking, who what? ratted him out then? Because I, like I on Snapchat, if you're Snapchat only going to send it works. to a couple of people, they can't record it. I don't think so. Like, I don't know. I think he had it. The video saved on his phone already, and
2: he texted it to someone. He's like, "Hey, mom.
1: Hey, check this out. Look at me. Look at me, mom." So that's or what look I was at me,
2: <laughs> look at me, Brittany. Let's look at the TikTok account and see who it actually is, and we're like, eh, hey, we might find the source of that. So that's
1: what I was thinking the other day. I was like, you know, I remember doing some stupid things when I was, yeah. 15, but lucky so. for us,
2: lucky for me, at least when I was fifteen, I didn't have smartphones, social media, or anything like that.
1: Well, yeah, I would, ne- know, I never did anything stupid no, for social media. I was gosh, just acting no. out stupidly.
2: Yeah, and I, I mean, bet our parents would say the same things. So yeah, lucky for us, we didn't have digital cameras or cell phones or anything crazy like that when we were growing up. But yeah, man. That's all the news I had. Do you have anything else? Made? No, but I did want to ask you about. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. The
1: new day, uh, the new NASCAR commercial that everybody was raving about on Twitter. I liked over the weekend. it. Did I'm,
2: you? Yeah, I liked it. I think it gave you know a good hype to the sport, like one we haven't seen since at least twenty years ago. Because when I got into sport, they hyped it up like that. Maybe not as crazy as that, but and for new fans who I think I think when they watch that, they won't get it. They won't get the Jeff Gordon. Mm-hmm. Clint Boyer rivalry. Yeah, they from 2015. They won't fully appreciate 2012.
1: Oh, it was 2012? Why am I saying 15?
2: Because you're the Formula One guy and I'm the NASCAR yeah, guy. I should
1: just be quiet over <laughs> here.
2: <laughs> but then you have the Kyle Bush saying, I'm here just because I won't get fined, which is a funny inside joke. And you have all these guys in. And, and I liked it because it showed, you know, what's coming up. Oh, we're doing road courses. We're racing on dirt. We're doing this. And, you know, pay attention to us. You know, look mm-hmm. at us. I liked the commercial. Was it the best thing they did? No, but it's really hype. Usually, you just see Daytona 500 hype commercials, but you don't see the season. season. Yeah. Because Fox isn't covering all the season. You're just covering X amount of races. So, I feel it was good for they catching the eyes for Daytona and beyond. I didn't mind it. I thought it was a great commercial and good hype video.
1: Uh, okay, I'll say this. It was a... Decent hype video. Yeah, did it hype me up? No, it didn't. But I guess because I'm still kind of a little salty with the way the season played out last year, it just didn't really seem to that. Like I was excited when we went back to race. I was like, "Yes, this is great." As the season played out, when you have Harvick and Hamlin just winning and winning, winning, I was like, "That's ah, not that."
2: Man, when we had the four in one season come back, it was just Hamlin winning, 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 winning.
1: winning <laughs> but I was so caught up in the mid pack battles. But I, yeah, yeah, I know you were. <laughs> I mean, like you said, like you said, it's a good hype. Like you said, some the new people probably won't understand. I mean, I remember back when Fox was being brought in for the 2001 Daytona 500, and they were just hyping it up. And it was so cool that they were hyping it up, hyping it up. And when the Fox did the broadcast, it was so cool. Everything was great about it. Now, I'm hoping... I don't know. Maybe they'll come out with another commercial. I don't know. But this one no, didn't this seem one did,
2: as. I think this one did just the trick that they needed to. do. It to didn't hype seem as video. hyped
1: to me, but I mean, I'm not going to downplay that nobody else. played. I mean, like I said, Twitter was rape, People on Twitter were raving about it. They were like, "Oh, this is this is exactly what we need." Right. So, uh, all right, I guess so. This I mean, is going to we'll
2: be. It's going to be a very interesting season with the addition of the road courses to oversaturation, in my opinion, of road courses, and of course the Bristol Dirk track, which, by the way. Can't get a ticket for because it's sold out. How, well, tra- are,
1: did you check to see if it was full capacity? I or called not?
2: them and they didn't mention anything. about have full capacity. They just said we're sold, sold out. That took the air. But there's always the fall race. I like the fall race. How
1: many people, how many people, I mean, if it pre COVID, how many? <laughs> I think seats it's like
2: 200,000. Wow. Or something like that. Something crazy like that. In that so it must be they
1: must be doing like 25% or something. Well, even right?
2: with the fall race, there it was, I think, 25 to thirty five thousand, one of the two numbers. I think it was more twenty five thousand that were there, which was the largest sporting event post COVID, right? That happened, or at least during it. And you know, it was easier with traffic, and but it just, yeah, yeah. But
0: But, hey, we'll see.
2: Maybe I'll, maybe I'll score a ticket somehow on the first we'll take it. But that's all the news we have. you have anything else? Uh, Nope. Yep. Lights eye- out. Okay. In. So we're going to get ready to go on to our Formula One season re- preview, but not before our ad from Teespring and a few ads from the Unhinged Sports Network. This is In the Marvels, and we'll be right back after this.
1: All right, Matt, before we move on to our next segment, I just want to remind everybody out there of our uh, online store, In the Marbles store. If you go to In inthemarbles.net under the merch tab, you can find it. Or if you just head to teespring.com forward slash stores forward slash In the Marbles, you can pick up all kinds of merch. We got T-shirts, hoodies, no, very nice. mugs, all for the new year to get ready for the new season. That's right, man. So we want you... Fans out there to buy in the Marble stuff, rock it, support the show. And uh, from now until the end of January, we're running a special discount code. You want to know what that discount code is? What is
2: the discount code?
1: Unhinged. Oh, very nice. For 10% off, we're going to celebrate the Unhinged Sports Network and uh, the growing success that it has also. So be sure to head over to the Unhinged Sports Network and give that a like as well. But from now until the end of January, 10% off, discount code Unhinged, and that's at teespring.com forward slash stores forward slash in the marbles. Or if you just head on over to our website, in the marbles.net, go under the merch tab and you can find it there right away.
2: Very nice. Back here with in the marbles episode 70, your Formula One season preview for the 2021 season. Can't wait, even though I'm not a big, really big fan of formula one yet. Yeah. But maybe we'll see. I don't know. I'm a fan of Formula One, but I think later on in the episode people see why I'm not as big of a fan of Formula One as I was back in the
1: Yeah. Past. You you did you were able to do a lot more preparing than I did, so I'm gonna be a little I'm kinda almost like in a piggyback, but not quite. I'll have rebuttals.
2: I think you'll have rebuttals and opinions of your own here, but we're gonna Because
1: we're, we do sometimes we do seem to agree on a good bit of stuff. So it's agree it,
2: and a disagree. Yeah. So it's going to be a lot of fun, and what's going to be fun about this episode, I feel, is that I got all 10 teams, all 20 drivers, scheduled for the 2021 season for Formula 1 starting in Bahrain here in a few months. It's going to be it's going to be interesting, and how I'm going to do it is go through each team and talk about the drivers, and then say whether they're going to do better, or worse, or stay the same Ooh, okay. for the coming up season. All right. So it should be quite interesting to check out here. And curious on your opinions and your rebuttals and all that stuff regarding it. It's going to be a lot of fun.
1: This and is going to be fun.
2: <laughs> and what we're going to do is start off with the defending champions, both Lewis Hamilton and Mercedes. Mercedes, seven constructors championships, nine drivers championships, and a total of 115 wins in their illustrious Formula One career. With, as far as we know, driver, Terry Boltas, With nine wins and 56 podiums. Very consistent driver, even when he he was with Williams. Lewis Hamilton is the big question mark. Yes. He's on the driver sheet. He's on the driver picture for the teams and stuff. But his contract hasn't signed. And people from Mercedes have said Lewis Hamilton's replaceable. Oh, really? I've seen the article on that. I'll try to pull it up for you guys before the end of the show to read it to you. But people have said he's replaceable.
1: Yeah, that's he's the, asking
2: for a lot of money. That's
1: the burning question right now. Like the people, like I know that some people that may be new to the sport really don't understand. But if you were really, if you really follow, I understand. Like I said, new people you won't really understand. But the people that have followed the sport very closely know that this is a very, very big burning question
2: right now. <laughs> it really is. And seven championships, ninety-five wins. Will he get win one hundred this year? He has to sign the contract to get a seat in the car and 165 podiums in his career, does he return in 2021 for Eston, yes or no?
1: I, I'm i going to say he does. I just I don't see why not. Maybe, so, okay, here here here's what I'm thinking, because I know a lot of people keep talking about the rumors of, well, maybe he just, maybe he'll, he'll retire. But some people are like, nah, he'll have to come back for one season and get some more wins, and then he'll retire. Right.
2: I agree 100% I think, on that. I think,
1: I think, now, I do know that he's asking for a lot of money.
2: If you're going to go out, go out with every record deck you can. Yeah,
1: so I, what I'm thinking is, even though he's asking for a lot of money right now, when it gets time close to it, he'll probably bring that down and say, look, all right, I'll sign for this much, and maybe if he does break whatever records he wants to break, then maybe he will call it after that. But I, I don't even know how old he is. He's not even that old, to be honest.
2: He's not that old. He's no older than Kimi. He's not older than Kimi Rackin, and I'll tell you that right no, now. No. <laughs> but, man... <laughs> Does he return in 2021? I'm with you. I think he does return in 2021. I think he might cut a little bit back just to do one more season, possibly win that eighth championship, not only for Mercedes, but for himself, Mm -hmm. which is a big one. I think he goes out like that. I think he does return, like I said. But Well,
1: like you said, with the Mercedes people saying that he's replaceable, I mean, we obviously saw it with George
2: Russell when George
1: Russell filled in.
2: And we talked about that in depth yeah that hey George Russell, a guy from Williams, who didn't do so high we'll get to that in a sec, coming into that car, leading the majority of the race in a botched pit stop, which again, I don't understand how,
1: yeah, a no. team
2: like Mercedes botches that up so bad where George Russell gets one taken away from him,
1: I mean he was definitely on cruise control for he, that he win.
2: was, and we've I've said at least I've said it, anybody could drive those cars, anybody could get in that Mercedes and be competitive, Lewis Hamilton. If I was Mercedes, I'd be like, look, we'll just go to a Formula 2 driver who's hungry to go to a Formula one seat. Give him a top seat. And if he does just as well as you, what's Lewis Hamilton except a name in the record book that one day will be erased?
1: Yeah, that's what people kept saying. You re- could,
2: Not erased, replaced, yeah, I should say. You could say. bring
1: George Russell in and sign him for a minor for, fraction of what Lewis it, is what, asking maybe for. Maybe
2: $2 million to $3 million, yeah. and George Russell would say, yeah, the heck with Williams, sure. so I'll take care of it.
1: Yeah, if I'm going to win, yeah.
2: Oh, yeah, absolutely. But I think he will come back, and I think he will go for that eighth championship. I expect Mercedes no changes. They're going to be running up front. They're going to be doing just fine in 2021. If you're a Mercedes fan, worry not, my friends. (laughs) The second place, the second team I'm talking about, I'm going in order spoiler alert of the of the constructors championship
1: of how you oh uh, of this past season Of this past oh, season. okay I, th- I thought you were about to say if what you thought it was going to finish this season <laughs> oh no
2: well this might be the way aaron's out but i don't think so i think the second third and fourth one might be a sh- the shakeup here
1: yeah that's what i'm thinking too
2: red bull is second four drivers in construction championships with one driver pop quiz who's that one driver
1: Four constructors championships with one driver.
2: Four constructors and four drivers championships with one driver. Red Bull. Uh, Who was it, Mister Formula One? Oh,
1: I don't know. I haven't. Got, I I haven't com- done my like complete history shakeup yet. I'm just now. I finally found these videos on YouTube that go through like the whole season. So yeah. like I'm on a, this 1992 season right now.
2: Okay. Well, it was uh, Sebastian Vettel. Uh. I so. should
1: be punching myself in the face right now for that one. <laughs> I'll just be right back, everybody.
2: <laughs> well, they got two really awesome drivers. Max Verstappen, who is definitely the future of Formula 1 right there with 10 wins, 2 in 2020. And then Sergio Perez, a new face to the team, replacing the Alex Albon. And my big question is this. Will, is Sergio Perez coming into Red Bull going to be the next Alex Albon or will he be the next Max Verstappen?
1: I think he'll be in between.
2: Oh, I mean, I don't know, man. Do I don't mean?
1: think he'll be able to rival. well Let's be real. Max Verstappen is probably driver one. No, the first did. driver. Absolutely, he so is. So I'm sure more of the resources are going to be focused on him, but they may try and spread that out a little bit because Sergio Perez has proven himself very much.
2: He has, but, I mean...
1: I mean, I'm not saying that Alex Albon is a terrible driver, but, I mean, I guess they could wait for him to develop another year or two, but this is... Sergio Perez is only on like a one year deal because he keeps talking about how he's got options for 2022. Right, so he's only going to be there for a year. So I'm 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 thinking he's going to be almost like Verstappen, but not quite.
2: Right, I think so too. But I think Verstappen is the leader of that team, undoubtedly. Oh yeah, yeah, without question. And with Max Verstappen leading the charge, who is it going to rival? I don't think they're going to. I don't think Red Bull is there to rival Mercedes. In fact. Anyone, I don't think has rivalled Mercedes. Mercedes into a whole nother league of their own. But I just, I do think for Stappen and Red Bull with that new driver Sergio Perez to the team, I should say new driver with one and with Sergio Perez who had one season in the Bahrainian circle outer loop will do the same as they did last year. They'll finish up there in the constructors' championship and who knows they might surprise us and win- and make a run for that constructors' championship. I think it'll be a little bit closer. But I don't think it w- they're going to run for a drivers' championship if Mercedes has the season they did last season.
1: Yeah. I I predict that the constructors will be a little bit closer between Mercedes and Red Bull yeah. one and two. I won't I don't know. I won't say I'm not gonna completely say that hey Red Bull's gonna come right out the gate and get ready because they're about to upset everybody. I think it'll be close. But like I'm with you. I think that two through four, when we get to there, I think that's gonna be what the main battle will be all season long.
2: And I got another note there. Do you think Max Verstappen will continue to rise? Yes. Okay. I I think
1: he gets a couple of wins this season. I'm gonna say I say, oh, man, I dare say it, man, because it's hard, because when Lewis Hamilton gets out there, that's it. Yeah,
2: that's it. That's all she wrote. I'm going to
1: say three wins for Verstappen. I
2: think it will be two. I think Red Bull does the same as they did last year with a little bit more success and a little more maybe fighting for that constructors championship with Sergio Perez behind the wheel.
1: Now, I'll say he'll get three wins, but I think Red Bull will continue Continue to get the podiums. Maybe they'll get a lot of third place finishes. I don't know. Yeah. Well, or maybe they can get in between Lewis Hamilton and valtteri Botas. Maybe. <laughs> we'll see.
2: And Verstappen's a good qualifier too. So we'll Yeah. We'll have to wait and see on that. I think they will can you know go up there and try to throw a wrench in that system, but that's gonna be a tall order for anybody. Number three, McLaren, third in the constructors championship. And this is going to be a good one. Dan, this is
1: the team I'm excited for. This is the for. team I'm
2: excited for, too. Daniel Ricardo joins that lineup along with Lando Norris. Lando only had one podium in 2020. But, well, Daniel Ricardo, this is his third team in, like, three, four years. Red Bull, Renault, mm-hmm. and now McLaren. I think he's trying to find his niche. I don't think he's going to really bring anything to that team that he didn't bring to Renault. And that he didn't bring to... Red Bull. Red Bull. And Ricardo's a great driver. Don't get me wrong about that. But is he really a top tier Formula 1 driver? Or is he a good name? Is he the, He's the Clint Boyer of Formula 1, in my opinion. Okay. Danny Ricardo is. Great guy to be around. You'd want to have a beer with him.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely
2: you do. But is he a good Formula 1 driver that can stay here for the long haul with McLaren? And then maybe... Because he's already had a, team, a scene in Red Bull... And that didn't work out. Went to Renault. That didn't work out. Now he's going to McLaren. Is it the name or is it the driving ability of Daniel Ricciardo that keeps landing him in these top rides?
1: I think he just has some bad luck at times. I think that's all it is. I think he's a good driver. Well, every
2: driver has bad luck from time to time, but his is persistent.
1: Yeah. His, that, and that's, uh, that's unfortunate. I think he is a top driver. Now, will he be around the sport for years to come? I, that I don't know. I would give him a couple more years. He's really got to prove himself in the next year or two. That's what I would say.
2: No, he would. He has to.
1: He's got to. 100 He's kind of like Matt Benedetto at this point. He needs to prove himself. Yeah,
2: He can't beat himself.
1: Yeah, he can't beat himself. So, will...
2: What would hurt or help McLaren? I'd, in the long run.
1: Mm, ooh. Because Carl's... Um,
2: Daniel Norris is still young, yeah, growing, developing.
1: I don't know. I I don't. I I, I dare say. I don't think McLaren does any better. than think year.
2: no. I think they're stay the same. Maybe no. I don't think they're going to do any better. Maybe if anything, they're going to do worse. Yeah. I mean, they got a lot of money coming in, finishing third in the constructors' championships. But I don't see them rival, rivaling rivaling. I apologize, Red Bull anytime. Well, in the Carlos
1: Sainz did very well with them.
2: He did. He very much did.
1: Now, now with the Ricardo coming in, and Lando Norris not doing all that great this Which is year. an
2: upgrade for McLaren. I mean, or for Ricardo, I should say, going from Renault to McLaren. Yeah. A little bit more money coming in. A little positivity. They might surprise us all. But I think they do the same, if not a little worse, this year. Yeah,
1: I would agree with that. I mean, if they do better, man, that's great. Prove me wrong. but yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I just... I don't know. Really thinking about it, I don't. I'm kind of with you. I think they do about the same, if not just a little bit worse.
2: Yeah, that's that's the way I. Mean, I feel they had a that.
1: stellar season last year, but I don't know. Third in the constructors standings was good for them, but I, I don't know. I guess we're just gonna have to wait and see. We're gonna have to absolutely
2: <laughs> wait and see. All right, number four team with your shirt on there. Yep. Except it's not pink anymore. Nope. It's green. Aston Martin. Aston Martin. Thank you. Sebastian Vettel, I could talk about Sebastian Vettel for hours. One of the four championships in a row with Red Bull and four, one Red Bull four constructors' championships, put them on the map as a competitive Formula One team for the future, for the foreseeable future. Finished 13th in the 2020 standings. Let's think about this. A four time champion in a top tier team at the time, finishing 13th in the standings. I don't know if this is going to help Aston Martin. I think Sebastian Vettel had one or two things going on. A, he saw the writing on the Raw. Ferrari's going to cut him. Charles Leclerc is the future of that team. Mm-hmm. So he wanted to see it in Formula One. And with Perez going to Red Bull, he wanted to jump into any team just to stay in the Formula One. It's kind of like one day a long time ago, when this is a NASCAR analogy, where Kirk Busch was going from Penske, got cut from Penske, was trying to look for something, and Richard just said, stay in the sport, and something good will come of it. I think that's where he, either he's at now, or two, he's just done.
1: Well, Aston Martin was the rumor to be looking at him to begin with, and that's why Sergio Perez ended up leaving. He's still had a year left on his contract. He was still supposed to be signed through this year. Right. And I think Aston Martin, formerly Racing Point, <laughs> Sahara Force India, <laughs> we can go on with the list of names. Right. I think they paid him to kind of just be like, hey,
2: We'll buy you out of your contract. We'll buy
1: you out because I because it was rumored for a while. And I think I had mentioned to you that um, Lawrence Stroll was seen with Sebastian Federal quite a bit of times at different tracks hanging out. Right. And it was kind of, I think the writing was on the wall that, hey, they were going to go out and get him if they could get Perez, if they could kick him out, which I wouldn't say kick him out, but pretty much buy him out and say, hey, you know, you got to go, dude. But he was there for a while, but.
2: I, I, I do think this will help. Lance Stroll, who is still, I believe, developing as a driver, Canadian driver, will I think this will help out Lance Stroll in the long run because Vettel has the know-how of all these tracks. But Lance Stroll finished eleventh in the standing, so how much help does more help does he really need? But Aston Martin finishing fourth in constructors championship, we've talked about on the previous episodes on our season review for Formula One, or I think more so expectations mm-hmm. that these guys are Wanted to go there, and now they got wind in their cells. They beat some of the big powerhouse teams like Renault and Ferrari's in the Constructors' Championship. And I think this year the success will carry over from 2020 into 2021 for both of these guys. And maybe Sebastian Vettel breaks that winless streak that has just been weighing down on his shoulders since his days in Ferrari. And Lance Stroll might possibly get a few podiums in here.
1: I will... Pretty much agree with you there. I think Sebastian Vettel coming over to Aston Martin, I think this is going to help him again. I think he's going to... He may struggle at first, is what I'm trying to say. I think he's going to struggle at first because he's probably not used to being up front and battling lately because Ferrari's had a lot of mishaps. So he's been more of that mid-tier kind of guy because Ferrari's been struggling. But I think coming into this equipment, which obviously has proved to be much better than Ferrari this past season, I think this... I think Vettel's going to turn some things around. He might turn some heads this year. Make it a win in there.
2: Maybe. Maybe. But I think Aston Martin with those two guys do does better than they do. I think it's going to be them and McLaren battling out for that third place on the podium, let's say, for the Constructors' Championship, as well as maybe possibly battling Red Bull from time to time for Yeah, that would be seconds. interesting.
1: I, I can't wait to see what those green cars look like on the track.
2: Yeah, it's going to be fun. <laughs> it's going to be fun to see. <laughs> All right, number five. Number five is Renault. The French Formula One team, Renault. Renault. Renault.
1: Which is now going to become Alpine. Ah, thank you. Alpine F1.
2: Alpine F1. We'll just say Alpine F1. Yeah. Fifth in 2020 for the Constructors' Championship has a driver coming back that hasn't raced since 2018 in Fernando Alonso, a past champion of the sport. How well does Fernando Alonso adjust... To being out of the car for that amount of time. Three years is a long time to be out of anything. Mm -hmm. And to jump right back in. And yeah, he'll have preseason testing and all that stuff. But will he adjust well being three years removed from that car and last car he was in was a Ferrari? No, no, it was a McLaren. It was a McLaren because he joined with McLaren. So maybe a little downgrading here for Fernando. But I think Renault's bringing him back because of what we talked about with... Ricardo, he's an established name in Formula 1, and I don't know if he'll adjust well or not. I don't I don't foresee it. I, don't, I think this was a bad move on Reynolds' parts, and then they got asked Ocon as well. But I think now Fernando, just being his name, is going to go up to number one driver, and Ocon doesn't have a chance to spread his wings and fly. But first question, How is Fernando Alonso adjust to the cars coming out of three years of retirement?
1: It's going to take a little bit. I think just so like too. how I compared it with Sebastian Vettel going to be needing to get used to running near the front. Right. I think, I mean, I dare say just in general that Renault, this might be a downgrade in general, and this isn't going to look too good for him this season.
2: This is a gamble.
1: This is a big gamble. And I'm not saying that Esteban o, Esteban Ocon is a bad driver at all. No,
2: we're not saying that. Because if I you're just, driving Formula 1, you you have talent.
1: Yeah. I just, boy, I don't know. Like you, like you said, with him being out of the car for three years— Yikes. And, you know, with the preseason testing, whatever. But well, I don't know. It, it it may take him a little bit to get
2: used to it. I think so, too. And Esteban Ocon finishing 12th in the, his, in the driver's standings in 2020. I, I don't know if I think he might be on the uphill climb, but it really depends on the team as a whole. I figure in Formula One. And with those two drivers, one being out of the sport for three years, since the second, and Esteban Ocon being a relatively young driver in sports still, I think Renault does worse than they did this year.
1: And they have Renault has and a new, well, Renault Alpine has a new team boss with Cyril out. Uh, let's see if I can read this name correctly. This guy came from a MotoGP. He's an ex-MotoGP boss. That's going David- to be interesting. I want to say it's spelled D A V I D E, so I want to say David almost.
2: David. <laughs>
1: David Brivio. Is
2: which, he Italian? I don't know. Oh, okay. But, or else I would have said it's this preview.
1: But I was trying, I clicked on the article, but the article wasn't completely loading. It's okay. Ah, he is Italian. Ah, there it is right there. Look at Italian. That. Yeah, so I don't really know the. St- the big stats on this guy, I haven't had the chance to really look into him to see what all he did, but... Well, he's
2: coming in a whole new world from MotoGP yeah. to Formula yeah, exactly. One. exactly. So, oh boy. Woof. I think Reynolds just shooting himself in the foot. I'm changing my answer from maybe saying the same, but to definitely downgrading this season. They're going to do worse this season than they did last season. But prove me he wrong. He
1: led the team that he came from. Uh, he said... The article says that he arrives with a wealth of experience having fronted Suzuki's MotoGP project leading them to a championship last season.
2: MotoGP is in Formula One.
1: Exactly. So what do you say again?
2: We'll have to <laughs> wait and see. <laughs> Holy cow.
1: This is, like you said, this is a big gamble in Alpine's Yeah, part. this
2: really is with Fernando Alonso, Alonso, with MotoGP team principal coming in and Espan Ocon. I don't think those recipes. They finished, you know,
1: what, fifth in the Constructors last season? They finished fifth
2: season? in the Constructors' Championship. I don't think those ingredients make up for a good team. Do worse. I dare come, say they will not in,
1: finish higher than fifth, for come sure. Come back to
2: 2020. Come back in 2022, and let's see how you do then. Yeah. Because, holy cow, Wow, not going to be good for them. Okay. The next one. Real big shocker for me. High hopes every year for this team, not only from my seat, but from all the Italian fans. The Torfolzi. Ferrari. Scuderia Ferrari. Finishing sixth. It took me so long to find this. And I stopped after 30 years of going into the past. Their sixth place finish in the Constructors' Championship is the worst in 30 years. I didn't even go back further. Wow. In 30 years of racing from 1990 until 2020, I'm, I don't. I didn't go past there because that would have taken me forever. But in the past 30 years, the lowest statement prior to that is fourth. Wow. A sixth place is crazy. They were second last year. Mhm. They lost four spots in that cham- in, in that constructors championship.
1: They sank big time.
2: So the real question is, how will Ferrari rebound? Or will they continue sinking?
1: I'm not going to say they're going to continue sinking. I I dare say there may be a rebound this season, but it won't be much. Yeah, they got Charles Leclerc and Carlos Sainz now, but it's not it wasn't all about the talent. It was just the bad luck that the team was having in general last year is what it was. There was a lot of... If
2: you can... If yeah, I don't think Lock has Well, anything. it wasn't just it's, bad luck. It, it was just performance. Lack too. of preparation. Yeah. Everybody was in the same boat. Mercedes did fine. Red Bull did fine. Mm-hmm. McLaren asked... Or at the time, Racing Point, Renault did fine. I don't think Sebastian Spettles' head was in it anymore. I think he was done. Yeah. Carlos signs moving over does that help? I don't know. He's, he's, is his chance to sink or swim right now in mm-hmm. that Ferrari? And clearly, Charles Leclerc is right up there with Max Verstappen. I think those two are going to be big rivals. It's going to be Red Bull versus Ferrari before we know it. Charles Leclerc, the number one driver in that team. I think, I wonder more so, will Charles Leclerc lead Ferrari out of the slump they're in right now?
1: Well, we've talked about it before. Should there be changes within the organization? Yeah. Because obviously and they're it, not going to make
2: any changes right now. It was Ferrari engines as a whole. Not only Ferrari, but Alfa Tori, Alfa Tor, no, sorry, Alfa Romeo and Haas did horrible in the Constructors' Championship. So is it Ferrari as an engine builder or Ferrari as a constructor? I think it's more of an engine builder thing. Yeah. They I need to really look at that and mm-hmm. figure out those turbocharged hybrids and figure out what they need to do in order to go for And just forget about 2020. Everybody just forget about 2020. Yeah. Move on to March at Bahrain and go out there firing on all cylinders. Make sure all your I's are dotted and T's are crossed and go out there and do it. Because if they have another season like this, they're going to keep going down and pretty soon they're going to be the Ferrari's going to be the next Williams of Formula One.
1: I think they finish ahead of um, Alpine. I think they I bump see, up a spot.
2: Better. Okay, better than Alpine. I say Charles Leclerc has got to be the leader here. Carlos Sainz has to be just as much of a powerhouse in that team. In order for them to do anywhere as good, just based on last year's performance with Ferrari engines and Ferrari as a whole, same if not worse. And I, I mean that's I, not that's and not. I hate saying yeah. that because Ferrari is such a staple in the sport. But finishing sixth in the constructors' championship, said it on the show before they're led brick sinking in the water. If they something doesn't change right now, they need to pull out of that dive because after thirty years, as far back as nineteen ninety, and finishing. No lower than fourth in those thirty years and always being up there fighting for a constructors championship. They lost a lot of money. I think they And what's and that's only gonna hurt them. That's only gonna hurt them in the future.
1: I'm I'm just gonna I'm gonna say I think they pull out of it a little bit. I don't think it's gonna be a drastic change this year.
2: No, that's why I, I say better or worse. Change. Better or worse.
1: I'm gonna say a little bit better than what they were. Like I said, I think they'll I think it'll be between them and Alpine battling think, up for that fifth spot. I don't yeah. think I don't think they really unless will. something changes. Aston Martin will at this point the way Aston Martin looked this past season they'll Aston Martin will be like Ferrari, f- whatever.
2: Yeah, I think that's the way a lot of people <laughs> are starting to feel now. Ferrari, who?
1: Yeah, uh, okay. It's, which
2: is crazy. <laughs> I never thought I'd see the day <laughs> finishing seventh in the constructors' championship in 2020. Alpha Tori. 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 Alpha Tauri. Thank you. <laughs> Golly, good thing I'm the NASCAR guy here. <laughs> Alpha Tauri here. Pierre Gasly won. Win in that Italian, just exciting Italian Grand Prix. One of the, probably the most exciting races we've seen all year because Lewis Hamilton wasn't in the lead. Pierre Gasly and I am going to try this so hard yeah. to pronounce this. The <laughs> first Japanese Formula One driver since 2014 and Kobayashi. I remember Kobayashi because I've heard that name Ayat, a lot. A lot. A yacht. Yuki. We're just going to call him Yuki.
1: What's his last name? Okay, can I'm I see go- it.
2: Okay, you can see it. Yeah, right there.
1: Uh, wait, where's it at? Oh, right. I'm sorry. Oh, um, Tsunodu? Tsunoda. Because it's an A at the end, right? Yeah. Yeah,
2: I would say it's like Tsunoda. Tsunoda. That's what I would say. It's going to be very interesting. I like Japanese Formula 1 drivers. I think they're a talented country that produced Formula 1 drivers. And the first one since Kobayashi in 2014, I think it's going to bring a lot of attention back to Japan and the Japanese Grand Prix. It's the only driver I really remember in Formula 1 that's from Japan is Takuma Sato, who went from Formula 1 in his first podium in 2004 United States Grand Prix in Indianapolis and went on to accomplish so much in all the races, including winning the Indianapolis 500. Wow. You didn't know that? No. But this team, I think there's really not much to say about him. Pierre Gasly hit or miss. He's consistent, but he's hit or miss. I would yeah. say, I don't know anything about this Yuki guy. Coming in from Japan, it's going to be interesting seeing him race in his first season in Formula 1. But with those those two combinations, I say they do about the same. They run about 7th in the Constructors' Championships. Not really much to ride on with these guys. No. They don't really make a lot of waves like the Ferraris, Red Bulls, Renaults, or Alpines do at the moment. But I think they're still a developing team and growing. And finishing 7th in the Constructors' Championship isn't horrible for such a small caliber team that they are. So it's going to be interesting to see. But I think they say the same. I'm not expecting anything crazy no, from this team. No, I,
1: I, I can agree with you there. There's not much there. It'd just be kind of like a... Um, Pierre Gasly will be trying to build off of what he somewhat did last year. He was kind of, like you said, hit or miss. And then this other guy, it's just... Uh, man, I don't know. I Yeah, I dare say about the same.
2: Yeah, I, I say about the same as well. All right, number eight. Surprise to me with the... Level of talent and experience on this team. Alpha Romeo finishing eighth in the constructors' championship last year. Kimi Raikkonen, can he keep it up? I saw this debate, and it said, "Is Kimi Raikkonen holding up a, a spot for a younger, talented driver to s- step up to Formula One?"
1: No, I think it. Ha- I think it's solely to do with performance issues in general with Alpha Romeo
2: again, Ferrari engines. Yeah,
1: I don't think it- Kimi Raikkonen is a. Like a, a veteran, the Iceman.
2: Yeah, but you don't bring in Terry Labonte back right now and, say, race with the Kyle Bushes.
1: Right, but, I mean, he's been there for a while. Yes. So it's not... I don't think he's really holding anybody up. Maybe he races... I don't know what his contract situation looks like, but maybe he races one more year or something. I don't yeah, know. I don't, Like I said, I don't think it's that big of a deal.
2: No, I get it. He's a figure in Formula one and it's great to see him race. It's fun to see him, watch him race. And his... Teammate, Giovinazzi. Antonio Giovinazzi. Giovinazzi. raises or falls, I think he just goes with the tempo of that team. Maybe they get a better engine from Ferrari. But here's something I I didn't even notice. Remember when Nico Hülkenberg substituted this season?
1: Nico Hülkenberg. You remember? For who?
2: I forget for who. For Racing Point? I think it was Racing Point. Yeah, like he did, or he did it twice. the Well,
1: he, he did it for two races in a row. It was Silverstone, it was for... Lance Stroll, I yeah. think it was because he got we, COVID. Yeah, whoever, whichever one got COVID, but I know that Hulkenberg didn't get to start one of the races, so he only got to race the other one. But he did pretty
2: good. Yeah, listen to this: Nico Hulkenberg raced two races this season. Giovinazzi and Kimi Raikkonen raced all what seventeen. Yeah, Kimi Raikkonen finished sixteenth in the points. Giovinazzi finished seventeenth in the points. Nico Hulkenberg racing two races finished fifteenth in the points. <laughs> does that work and i get it the points are a weird thing and if you finish outside of the top 10 you don't get a point you race two races and beat guys who race 17 races yep mm-hmm. that's crazy but man i mean i i see Alpha romeo if something happens with ferrari maybe find a new engine developer or mercedes or anything like that
1: i really think it has to come I, down with the performance i think it's
2: a ferrari engine yeah. and if ferrari doesn't fix it I feel like they're going to stay the same, if not do worse.
1: I think Alfa Romeo could do better if if there were, that was the case. But like you say, the Ferrari engines—I think this is what could be holding them back. I really
2: do. And in Ferrari engines, should—I mean, that's disappointing. But oh, watch out! And I think Alfa Romeo does better, just does about the same for twenty twenty one. That's what I have to say. But that Nico Hulkmur's stack kind of blew me away. He finished fifteenth, yeah. Race two races.
1: Mm-hmm. Yikes!
2: Jeez. Number nine, an American team. Haas, Formula One team, uh, in the same boat, I feel like, with Alfa Romeo with those Ferrari engines, but two drivers coming in, two fresh drivers, me, Roman Grosjean and Kevin Magnuson, both being replaced. Yep. Bringing in Mick Schumacher, who's going to, I think, be the leader of that team, just for his namesake. Yeah. Schumacher. Maybe we'll help lead the team out of that slump. We'll see. We talked about it a few episodes ago where the success of the father doesn't necessarily translate to success for the son when it comes to auto racing. But then Nikita... Nikita... Ma, I say Mazapin. N- Maspin, Nikita Maspin, Who a lot of people feel like he shouldn't even be in that seat.
1: Well, after that whole There's debacle a, that he there had. There was a whole
2: thing on Instagram where there was a video of him and he posted it of him... I. I don't know if the woman was drunk or something, but he, he did inappropriate stuff. Yeah, Stuff you shouldn't do to a woman. And, not especially uh, not on camera. Especially <laughs> anytime. You shouldn't do it anytime. It's inexcusable what he did. Even if that, I don't know. And anyway, a lot of people think he shouldn't be in there. A lot of NASCAR fans even commented on Twitter. It's a big firestorm on Twitter. So I feel like, I don't know. I don't know him. I've never heard of this Russian. Maspin. I don't, if he continues with the team, that's on Haas. I think that a lot of support would be lost because of Haas, because of that incident. Incident, But I feel like Mick Schumacher is the time to take the reins and lead that team out of the slump they are in. But it really depends on their engine, the future for their engines. Because I don't think they build the rain engines in-house. I think they get them from Ferrari. So does Alfa Romeo. But they got to do figure out something. But for that being said, I think Haas does just the same, maybe a little better. I, I have hope because they're an American team. But I think they do just the same, if not a smidge better yeah, in I, 2021.
1: Yeah, I, I agree there, too. I look for Mick Schumacher to do not big things, but definitely they they may try some things. I don't know. Maybe they'll turn around a little bit there. But again, I won't expect way too much again, out of Again,
2: a little better, if not the same, yeah. for 2021, for the Haas organization. And the final one. A team rich in history, a team that in our movie review was up there with the likes of Felipe Massa and, at the time, Valtteri Bottas-Williams. Finished 10th in the Constructors' Championships. George Russell, though, showed that he can be a top-tier Formula 1 driver when he ran in a Mercedes. He showed that. He showed that it is an all-driver, it's mainly car. Mm -hmm. You put anybody in there that you can, and I think that's why... Mercedes is at the point there is now. Hey, look, we can put anybody in this car and they're going to be competitive. Yep. Humble yourself there, Hamilton. Nicholas Latifi, 21st in 2020, didn't really shine, didn't really do much. Was su- he was outqualified by George Russell all the time. Williams is a field filler, a backmarker, however you want to call it in the Formula One world. I don't see any changes coming in from that organization. A few shakeups at the top, but nothing really, I think, that will lead into success in 2021. They say the same. I doubt they get better, but that is oh my god! do You have anything to say about Williams?
1: Nope, I, I agree completely, one hundred percent. It's going to be about the same. George Russell play continued to outqualify his teammate Nicholas Latifi at almost every single race, and probably finished ahead of him. I agree. In the back of the field, though,
2: one hundred percent. But you have anything else before we uh, wrap up the season? Okay, overall, I think the see, I'm looking forward to the season. I'm hoping it's not a Mercedes runaway. And I'll get more into that coming in to our movie review coming up here. But I, I, I hope for a great, exciting, down to the wire, down to the final race, down to Abu Dhabi. Man, wouldn't that be great? Formula One season. And just just well, hoping as well, I want to see Australia back on the track. But just hoping for a great all-around season for Formula One. I can't wait. Should be a lot of fun. you have any takeaways or expectations before we...
1: Nope. Like I said, we like we talked about, I... I think Red Bull may, may make it a little bit closer, but the way things are, but hey, we, but hey, we still have to wait and see because we don't know if Lewis Hamilton is really going to race this season since he hasn't signed a contract. But if he does sign the contract, then I would dare say that Red Bull is going to be cl- a little bit closer, but not completely close.
2: I think either way, Lewis Hamilton's on the downhill swing of his career. What else does he have to prove in Formula One except maybe going that way with an eighth championship, breaking Michael Schumacher's record of seven. And going off into his sunset with over 100 wins, eight championships. What else do I need to prove? I'm done. Bye. I
1: think, yeah, I think this will be when he does come
2: If he does come. But I think he he will. I I think think
1: this is is it. This last season, last hoorah.
2: That's right. So. I agree, too. But if nothing else, Preston, I will dare say that is our Formula One season preview. Can't wait for it. It's going to be a lot of fun. Can't wait for March in the Formula One season for the lights out at now Bahrain. But what we're going to do now is go ahead and hear an ad read from Fanatics and a few from the Unhinged Sports Network. This is in the marbles, and we'll be right back after this. All right, Preston, before I wanted to get into our next segment here, I wanted to remind all the fans out there listening on your regular podcast platform or on the Unhinged Sports Network about our partnership with Fanatics, where you can get all your sports gear's needs ready for the 2021 season. For me, NASCAR, and buying some NASCAR t-shirts, hats, and getting ready to go to Daytona and support the teams there and support NASCAR. But not only just NASCAR, you could get any hockey stuff. I get Washington Capitals gear there all the time. I
1: get. Uh, I just ordered some more Vegas stuff off you know, of there. You see,
2: you could get anything you need for any team that you want on fanatics.com. If you head over to our partners tab on in, at inthemarbles.net, all the way at the bottom, you'll see a link to our Fanatics page, and it'll start you off at NASCAR, but then you could branch off and go anywhere you want. That's inthemarbles.net under the partners page for Fanatics and Anything will help out the Unhinged Sports Network. And if you want to listen to the Unhinged Sports Network, you can head over to unhingedsn.com or just click under the Unhinged tab at intomarbles.net and click on the link and it'll take you right there. That's unhingedsn.com. Go check them out. a uh, movie review here. We haven't done one of these in a while, Preston. I figured now would be a good time as in you to do one. And for those of you who don't, who don't know, sometimes we go through racing movies, we review Days of Thunder and stuff like that before. But now, I figure since this is a Formula 1 heavy episode, we're going to do a Formula 1 movie. And here's my thing. Formula 1 has always been known for great rivalries. Nicky Louder, James Hunt in the 70s. Alan Frost and Ayrton Sinna in the 80s, 90s. Michael Schumacher and David Coulthard. Maybe for Staffan and Leclerc in the future. But from 2014 to 2016, it was a rivalry within one organization. And that was Mercedes. And that was against Nico Rosberg and Lewis Hamilton. Mm. And this movie is called Silver Wars. And I, w- if I had to name it, it would be called Formula One's Last Great Season. Ooh. It was it was a it's a fan made movie made by flows F L O Z. If you want to go look it up on YouTube, and we'll put a link on social media when this episode comes out. And it's about the 2016 championship. And this isn't your typical document documentary where documentation of a season where there's an announcer saying, you know, the lights at Daytona are out. And we are getting ready. You know, it isn't like that. There's no commentary in there except for the race announcers and driver interviews, mainly Hamilton and Rossberg. Mm-hmm. So during the Monaco race, instead of, you know, they were just like, Ricardo messed up in the pits. You hear the race announcers say it, but you don't hear a miscue from the pits. calls Ricardo to forfeit his first position to Lewis Hamilton at the Monaco Grand Prix. You don't hear that. You don't need that. No, this is so well done. That you just need the commentary, the sounds, and it's such a it's a two-hour documentary. It's long. But folks, it is well worth it. This documentary this documentation of this season is one of the best I've ever seen because I remember watching it from Lights Out at Australia to Check and Flag at Abu Dhabi. What a fun season. This was the season I want every season in Formula One. Because it came down to the wire. Hamilton Rosberg, Hamilton, Rosberg, all the way through the season. In fact, in Hungary, I don't know if you saw this race. Look at the 2016 Hungarian Grand Prix. And I'm going to ruin it for you here, but it's okay. Watch it's it okay. still. At the start of the race, Rosberg's on the pole, Hamilton's second. The lights go out. They go up the turns. Rosberg's in the wrong mode. Whatever mode it is on the engine, I don't know. He's in the wrong mode. Mm-hmm. Hamilton sees the blinking line on the back. We all see it. Around the world, we see it. It's like, what what does that mean? Hamilton goes to the inside. We're coming up to a right-hander, and so he goes to the inside. Rosberg blocks. Hamilton in the grass, goes off, spins, hits Rosberg, both Mercedes out, lap one. Wow. That's where Max Verstappen got his first win. Oh, okay. In 2016. And watching that live, Preston, that's it. You remember when you said when Grosjean wrecked? And that big fireball, it wasn't as spectacular as that, and thank God everybody's fine. But just that OMG moment. Yeah. That moment you'll never forget. Mm-hmm. Hamilton going off, Hamilton covering his face, because he's, what happened? Throw in the steering wheel. <laughs> that cost more than my car can ever cost. Yeah, <laughs> Out of the cockpit. <laughs> it was such an amazing season. That's why I say this is the last great Formula One season. Because after... This, and Rosberg winning the championship, it's been nothing but Lewis Hamilton. Hamilton, 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 Hamilton. This was the last, this was such a great documentation of that season. A fan-made documentation. So the guy took the time for this, to make this two-hour movie, and he did it with such good music, good everything. Didn't talk once, just put it all together. Of these two powerhouses, these two egos, not even egos, the yin and the yang. Total opposites. And it it was so good And for that. I'm gonna give it five lug nuts. And I think it's worth a it's worth a watch.
1: I'm going to check. I know that you sent it to me last night and I didn't get the chance to really even start to watch, but but the way you just described everything, oh, I've got to see it at this point. You will love it, man.
2: <laughs> I've got it. to see it. Because I know those, doc, those uh, season reviews you're talking about, with, and it's, it's a, you know, oh, Michael Schumacher comes up with David Coulthard. You know, it yeah. doesn't, there's no need for that. Mm. <laughs> there's also one called The Origins of the Silver Wars that I want to watch talking about the 2014 season.
1: Okay, that's the one I had found at first. Yeah. And no, you said, no, 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 it's not that season. It's no, this one. <laughs> although
2: that's good. And it talks. It shows you why the 2016 season was so awesome in Formula One. That I want to get back to that. I want to. That's why I want to see people compete with Mercedes, because mm-hmm. every sport, regardless of what it is, has their rivalries. Hockey has the Red Wings versus the Avalanche. Baseball has the Yankees versus the Red Sox. Basketball has the Boston Celtics versus the Los Angeles Lakers. Formula One is all NASCAR had Earnhardt versus Gordon, mm-hmm. and Formula One needs that rivalry. Yeah, and I dare say it's going to be Leclerc and Verstappen. That would be a pretty good one. It would be a really good one, and I think that would bring a lot of passion back, at least for me. Because if it's just Hamilton and the best racing is for ninth, and the race in the championship is over three races before the end of the season, why well, watch the rest? But if it comes down to the end, and even with Hamilton winning. Rossberg just had to finish, I think, fourth or better. Finished second, won the championship. Mm. Hey, go check it out. Again, five lug nuts here from In the Marbles. It's it's a lot of fun. I'll post it on social media. Check it out. It's worth a watch. I'm, I'm gonna check it out it's for a, sure. It was a really good film. Again, two hours, but I think you'll be stuck there for two hours. And if you watch that season, you'll remember it. It's a lot of fun. But I'm sorry you didn't get a chance to see it and review it with I'll me. let
1: you know my uh, review of it next week when we uh, when we record next week.
2: Fair enough, man. But that was our movie review. Right now we're going to get into our final thoughts, get our driver of the week, and uh, forgotten tracks and racing. So we're going to go ahead and get into that right now. White flag,
0: white flag, white flag. One lap to go, one lap right
2: here. Final thoughts here for the 70th episode of In the Marbles and Preston. Before we get into our driver of the week and – forgotten racetracks because again we couldn't find anything for this week in nascar because nothing happens during the off season really except silly season stuff stuff not worthy to make the record books and the history books of nascar but yeah. maybe the archives of the internet got an i-racing story for you so i started i-racing again okay and the only thing i could really find at the time when i logged in and set everything up was a indycar race Ooh. and after our conversation with connor daly I figured, why not race an IndyCar race? So I race, and I where did we race? We raced Michigan. Oh, so okay, Michigan. I'm not going to qualify. I'm just going to go out there, mind my p's and q's, and start in the back. Start in the back. Okay, but I think I started I start thirteenth out of twenty cars. Oh, and so okay, I'm, I'm minding. I'm minding my p's and q's, and I'm finding out that you have to. You can't just run wide open. They say you can run wide open, but it's those guys who sit down there and do nothing, but play eye racing the whole time. That do well and can run wide open. Whereas me, I need to lift a little. I need conserved tires. After yeah, you're a while not there.
1: completely. You don't completely know the track. No, with I, an indie car, so like, Indy you car. can't with, run with the, wide open. With the
2: trucks there, yeah, I do the same thing. I said I'm going to do exactly what I do with the trucks: And conserve the tires and do that. Well, my internet connection was bad. Oh, so, dear. So what happens in iRacing racing? The cars flicker and stuff, and I thought it was somebody else. But then, you know, of course, everybody has to chat and stuff. and said, "Hey, the one car is flickering. And I look, I'm the one car. Like, oh, yeah, Beamer, what are you doing? Get off the track!" But then, when the green flag would come out, everything would be fine, run smooth, except when it didn't. <laughs> oh no! So and, wait,
1: it doesn't, it doesn't do like in the F1 games online on the Xbox. It doesn't kick you off. It no, on the uh, F1 games on the Xbox, if you have like a bad connection, your or if you start to kind of wreck your your car, will ghost.
2: No, it doesn't do that. Oh, so it does not. And and my thing is, I want to avoid everybody because I don't want one, my safety rating goes down. too. I don't want to be labeled as that guy. (laughs) (laughs) And I just want to run a clean race. So
1: (laughs) that could be a shirt idea one day. So, one, yeah.
2: yeah, (laughs) I'm labeled
1: as that guy. (laughs) I don't want to be labeled as that guy in
2: iRacing. So, the one car blinked in front of me. I made it up to 10th. I'm running very decent. And because once people mess up in front of you, it breaks their momentum. You're going 230. It's like, I'm just going to pass you. Mm hmm. So I figured that out. I'm up to 9th, 10th, and then some car blinked in front of me. My connection either went back, and I got loose and went down on the backstretch, and I didn't hit anything, but I got back on. I'm back there in 18th. Okay, no big deal. Now's as good a time as any to pit. I got to pit for fuel anyway. I pit. Caution, of course, comes out. I'm trapped a lap down. Whatever. But the blinking gets worse and worse, and I finally, the race finally ends. I finished 13th right where I started, so no better, no worse. My safety rating went up and stuff, but, yeah, they were pretty upset with me. Everybody I'm, was. Hmm. Kind of unfortunate.
1: It is what it is, I guess, you know? Yeah. You didn't wreck anybody, right? No,
2: I didn't wreck it. It didn't Well, then why,
1: why are they getting all upset for
2: them then? Because it's more of a nuisance, and there's a gentleman's agreement in racing. if you're blinking and the connection's wrong, that you abandon the race. But then I lose more rating. I'm not going to abandon the yeah, race see, if that's, I can yes Yeah, I wouldn't
1: want to do that, too.
2: So I, I didn't race anybody. Once I figured I was getting really bad, I just, whatever, I don't know what the problem was, but that was my iRacing story, first time back. I want to, I'm actually thinking about starting a league in, in the Marbles League. Mm. And that'd be a lot of fun. That would be. But that's a future plan. Yeah. Maybe later on in 2021. Yeah. Maybe until you get a computer and then start iRacing too. <laughs> yeah, I'd need to do that. You really do. It's a lot of fun. You'll abandon the Xbox. Lick at League Split. Oh, I
1: probably would. Look at League Split. You would.
2: It's so much more fun. But now we get into our favorite part of the show, our driver of the week this week in NASCAR, well, which is Forgotten Raceways, and give you the choice. You want me to do the driver of the week, or do you want to do our track review?
1: I can do the track review first. I'm kind of excited for this. All right,
2: all right. What's our track, or Forgotten Raceway here this week here at In the Marbles?
1: Our Forgotten Raceway is, and personally, in my opinion, a favorite of mine, especially from the NASCAR games in like the 2000s on the PlayStation,
2: nazareth speedway that's a name i haven't heard in a long time and i tell you what that was fun to watch and race in my pc nascar games
1: yeah i had a lot of fun when i was racing on the playstation with this track this was probably one of my favorite tracks so nazareth speedway Auto racing facility near Nazareth in the Lehigh Valley region of Pennsylvania, which operated from 1910 to 2004.
2: 1910.
1: Yeah. 1910 to 2004. That's before World War. That's
2: almost as old as the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, ladies and gentlemen. A few years younger than it actually.
1: Yep. Uh, Two. uh, It's okay. So operated from 1910 to 2004 in two distinct course configurations. In its early years, it was a dirt twin-oval layout. In 1987, it was reopened as a paved tri-oval that measured just slightly under one mile. The capacity, 45,000. Some former names that it was, Nazareth, of course, Pennsylvania International Speedway as well. Major events, the Firestone Indy 225, which ran from 1987 to 2004. So, yes, just under a mile at point nine four six miles, four turns. Turn one in the straightaways banked at 2.7 degrees, <laughs> almost virtually flat. <laughs> turns two and three were at three degrees. and turns four and five at four degrees.
2: Turns four and five, you said? Yeah, this
1: thing says turns four and five. Oh. Interesting, right?
2: <laughs> Very interesting. Very
1: interesting. Well, I think it was because of the way the layout is. If I can find uh, – I'm trying to look for an overhead view of it because it, it did have – Different, the it was like a weird dog leg set up at the front. Uh, the facility is often linked to local drivers Mario and Michael Andretti's early racing careers. Also associated with Frank Schneider due to his large number of wins on the two dirt tracks. And unfortunately, as of November 2015, the site was purchased by Raceway Properties LLC. And there are no
2: current plans to return racing to
1: the facility.
2: They need to at least have short track racing there because there's so much... I guess maybe just like maybe a uh, rock and, ham and uh, tracks like that and the nostalgia of it. Is it and, and
1: something interesting right here, it says Nazareth Speedway started as a horse racing track farther up in the center of town in the 1850s. Interesting.
2: There's really some really is.
1: interesting things to some of these lost tracks.
2: Uh, no, it really is. And there's the
1: overhead of it. I mean, that looks like, yeah, I guess you could say well, I don't know that picture right there. I, of course, the people on YouTube can't see it, but when I mean, you have turn one, the start-finish line, turn one, two, three, and four, I don't know where they would get turn five from then.
2: I don't know either, but I'll add that in post on YouTube. Don't worry about it. And, right. and speaking of YouTube, ladies and gentlemen, if you're looking for episodes on YouTube, I apologize. I have no excuse. I just haven't gotten a chance to upload them and edit all of them yet. Anyway, I'll get to that.
1: So Nazareth Speedway, So, like v- I said, one of my favorites when it came to racing on the playstation with the nascar games always yeah. love nazareth
2: yeah, a fun track and again one with nostalgia that i yeah. wish they would at least bring back for short track racing and put it on speedway51.com or something like that and our driver of the week this week since it is a formula one heavy episode and we've been talking really nothing but formula one during the time here this week on our 70th episode is clay Regazzoni. Regazzone? Regazzone. Hmm. A Swiss driver born in nineteen thirty nine and unfortunately died in two thousand six due to an automobile accident at the age sixty-seven in Italy. Was in Formula One from nineteen seventy to nineteen eighty in teams such as Ferrari, BMR, which is where he met Nicky Lauder for the first time. Him and Lauder were teammates. He took he went back to Ferrari after BMR and brought Lauder with him. During that infamous season where him and James Hunt raced together for that championship. Go watch the film Rush to learn more about that. Also raced with Ensign, Shadow, and Williams. He made 132 starts in Formula 1, zero championships, but five wins, 28 podiums, and a career points of 209. He has five poles and 15 fastest laps. His first entry was in the 1970 Dutch Grand Prix and his last Vic entry was in the 1980 United States Grand Prix West, which I will tell you exactly where that was right now, in the Grand Prix of Long Beach. Hmm. His first win came in the 1970 Italian Grand Prix. So right there in his first season, came out swinging and won his first race. And his last win came in the 1979 British Grand Prix. And that is your driver to read, Clay Regazzoni. Craig? Clay? Clay. Clay What did Regazzone. I say? Did I say Craig? No, no, no. no. I, I just
1: wanted to uh, make sure I heard Clay Regazzone. That's right. Clay Regazzone. Interesting name. Yeah.
2: I like the name. But a Swiss driver yeah. who, unfortunately, like I said, died in a vehicle accident in Italy, and they couldn't determine whether a heart attack was contributing to that automobile mm. accident. But either way, man, it's tough to... Car accidents are a very vicious thing, but... Uh, yeah, man, that was our, our 70th episode, man. I can't believe it. What a great episode. I, think I thought it was good. Very good episode. And I want to thank everybody again who tuned in to us and watched us on YouTube. And, again, I'll update those as they come. But just listen to us every week, whether you're on the Unhinged Sports Network or on your regular podcast platform. We really do appreciate it. It's been a lot of fun. And I'm just looking forward to Daytona. I already got my camping stove. I'm going to get a cot and then that's it. I'm ready for Daytona, man.
1: It's uh it's closing fast. It's getting here upon us. And then after that, I think what will come next? I think IndyCar will start right Yeah. before Formula 1 cuz Formula 1 got pushed back to like at the end of March, I think. Yeah. So I think IndyCar will be right after that, man.
2: Going to be a we're lot gotta of fun. Just got to hang in up. there. We're, we're, so get, close. we're almost there, folks. We're, so we're almost close. there. <laughs> exactly. But, Preston, you have anything else before we wrap up this show? Uh, nothing else. Well, I got one more thing before we go, Preston, and that is make sure to sign up for In the Marbles 2.0. We still yep. have 11 entries in there. You still got time. Prize is yet to be determined here, folks.
1: Yeah, we're still thinking.
2: But it's going to be a fun season. We're hoping to get more than 11 entries in there. If you signed up last season, your name is still in the In the Marbles 2.0. But if you haven't signed up, you just go to under and look for the tab on the top that says Indomarbles 2.0 and click on the link in the box there on the page, and you will be taken right to the NASCAR.com and sign up for the league. It's free to enter. Yeah. And last year we gave out a $100 Amazon gift card to Maples. Maples, thank Maples you. I keep one. forgetting that guy's name for some reason. <laughs> He's been listening to us since day one. But we gave out a $100 Amazon gift card to Maples and uh Again, yet to be determined this year, but we hope to get a trophy that immortalizes everybody who's entered in and won a championship on In the Marbles 2.0 here in the studio very shortly. But uh, that's all I got. I'd like to thank everybody so much for tuning in to us this weekend here in In the Marbles. Make sure to follow all In the Marbles on all social media platforms Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok for the latest and greatest from the world of auto racing and for what's going on here in In the Marbles. Make sure to go to net if you want to. Sign up for the email newsletter for exclusive giveaways in the future. And I'd like to thank all of our partners. Stand up to Cancer, Flag and Anthem, Fubo, and Fanatics for all they do, not only for the Uninhanced Supports Network, but with In The Marvels. For Preston Loot I'm Matt Beamer. Thank you so much again for listening. Stay safe and have a good rest of your week.